What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 52 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Go grab yourself some body armor, Combo Nation. We are out here. Today's show, SB Nation's Matt Ellentuck joins in to talk about the future of how we will consume basketball games, some NCAA tournament talk, the emergence of Zion, plus so much more. Go check Matt's workout at sbnation.com. You know you can follow me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe right on your Apple Podcast app. Shout out to everyone who listens on Spotify as well. We see you. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca on the track. Hey, thanks for having me. I've touched on this before on my podcast, and um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. How far away do you think we are from an NBA team or the NCAA signing a deal with a streaming service like Hulu, Netflix, or YouTube and streaming their games that way? We've seen the D-League do it, and I feel like when, when the D-League is doing something, it's kind of a test for the NBA, even though the NBA never really said that. So what are your thoughts on all that? Uh, I mean, you have also the WNBA streaming on Twitter, which I think was a big step, too. And I know that league has seen a lot of success uh, driving traffic from that. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we're not that that, that far away. I'm sure that you know, the NBA is running its numbers and considering every option. But um, I don't know. I'm game for anything that takes us off League Pass, if we're being real, because I can't deal with that anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of all over the place. It, it's definitely easier just to get on a YouTube or a Hulu or a Netflix and, 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 watch, and rather, watch the games. I'd much rather that. I'm tired of having to refresh my tabs and sit through ads that come in while the game's going on. Big baller brand, man. Lonzo, uh, it seems like he severed ties with BBB. Uh, he says 1.5 million is unaccounted for, man. What do you, what do you make out of all of it? Uh, I mean, the thing that, that – you know, comes away for me is that I'm happy that Lonzo is taking control of his own situation. Um, it's, it's, I guess, something that maybe the media doesn't talk about enough, but managing money when you're that young is so hard when you're just, you know, you're a kid and you've been a celebrity for so long and you don't really have a handle on life at 19 or I think Lonzo's 20 at this point. Like I'm hardly older than that and I don't even have a handle on life really. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, it's obviously really upsetting. I hope it doesn't break that family apart um, because obviously, you know, once business and personal life, stuff like that come together, shit can go down. Um, so I'm hoping that Lonzo and LeVar can like find peace in whatever happened. Um, but I'm happy that, that Lonzo is taking control of it and hopefully he can make his own decisions. And, you know, if he wants to sign with Nike or do whatever he wants, it's Lonzo's choice. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully it'll maybe even make their relationship even better. Sometimes it's just tough to, you know, mix business family. But, um, you know, a lot of people have been talking about John Calipari and, you know, potentially going to UCLA. But what people haven't been talking about and I think is interesting, like a championship for Kentucky this year, I think would be so huge for his legacy. 
everybody looks at John Calipari as a great recruiter, but when you start talking about the greatest of great coaches, you don't really put him up there with like the Coach K's and Roy Williams. Like, what would a championship this year mean for John Calipari? No, I mean it, it'd be huge. We haven't really talked about Kentucky as a serious um, contender uh, with everybody else in the mix, and Kentucky doesn't really have a, a standout top pick. Maybe Kelvin Johnson goes in the lottery. Maybe he doesn't. Um, it'd be huge. Uh, it'd be huge if he could take down a big team in the process, which I guess because the tournament has been so chalk, they're going to get an opportunity to. Uh, I don't know. I don't put too, too much weight into tournament titles just because the tournament is so dicey, but right. I, I mean, it'd still be huge. I know p- other people care about that kind of stuff. I went through your tweets, man. And, and uh, I've had Doug Gottlieb on the show and he always talks about how big Duke has been for Zion. Um, and then I saw your tweet. And you were like, Zion didn't need the NCAA. The NCAA needed Zion. Can you share why you feel this way? Yeah, I mean, Zion's the biggest uh, amateur athlete celebrity we've had maybe ever, possibly bigger than LeBron due to social media and whatnot. I mean, Zion didn't need Duke in, in any sort of way. He'd still be getting the same hype, the same attention, the same endorsements um, if he were in the NBA. I don't even think that's too much of a stretch to say. Uh, people like to point out how, you know, everyone's talking about Zion because he played for Duke. And I think that would have been the case if he was the first pick in the NBA draft last year. Um, you know, I, he's it's pretty wild that we can have a Zion cam going on and we can have, you know, several thousand dollar tickets just to see Duke play. And everyone is going to see this one person. It's wild that he's seen none of that money. Um it's criminal, honestly. And yeah, I mean, Zion didn't really need this. I know that he's going to deflect and he has, and he's been, you know, super professional about it and saying that, you know, even if the one and done rule wasn't there, he'd still, you know, play in college and whatnot. But I think he'll probably come back and think about this in five, 10 years and realize like he didn't, it was he didn't need this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there just shouldn't be a rule. He should just be in the NBA. Like, he belongs in the NBA. And I think even RJ belongs in the NBA, to be honest. Um, you could probably pluck five-plus guys every year who could just go straight to the NBA. Right, right. And it looks like they're changing the rule back. Hopefully they will. Um, you know, Duke is a heavy favorite. But on the, other end of the spe- on the other end of the spectrum, there's not a lot of Cinderella's this year in the, in the tournament. You think that's good or bad for the tournament? Uh, I mean, I think it's good as long as Zion's in, honestly. The, that, scare, <laughs> that scare definitely had the NCAA like, holding their breath uh, when Duke almost went down to UCF. But uh, I think chalk can be good. It's a lot of big-name schools, so it's going to generate interest still. I mean, it's always nice to have one Cinderella in there, and maybe that's Oregon. But uh, I don't think the NCAA is really worrying about not having their Loyola Chicago this year. We like David and Goliath. Sometimes it's good to see uh, Goliath versus Goliath. Speaking of some Davids, um, Murray State, they had John Moran. Obviously, his draft, his draft status is trending upward. Um, are there any players, any other players you see that just really benefited from this tournament in terms of their draft stock? Uh, I think Kobe White from UNC. I've probably thought more about his draft stock than anybody's in the past week or so. Uh, just because I really, really like his fit. I know he had like a very slow start to the season, but he does everything. We sometimes overvalue and sometimes undervalue. I'm almost thinking like Buddy Heald, where we kind of 
talked about his age and we were like, you know, is, is he too old? He can only shoot. How is it going to fit? And now like buddy just had an incredible season. I think Kobe white has a similar skill set to buddy. Um, right. I think Kobe's going to, going to be a, a, you know, a, a lottery pick for sure. Maybe in the top 10, maybe even higher. I mean, his ability just to create separation off the dribble and his step back jumper is so fluent. I mean, he does a lot of NBA type things already. Yeah, and you get and the way he gets to the rim is just phenomenal. Like I was watching, that's what struck me about his game. It, it, it's effortless, and he's good off the screen and roll, splitting the screen, getting to the rim, and the pick and roll is so big in today's NBA. Yep, he's real good. Coach K, man, do you see any scenario where he where he could end up in the NBA? They're saying Lakers, but then Jason Kidd's name is thrown in the mix. Then last night I see, I think Stephen A said that Jason isn't in the mix anymore. Uh, it's more Ty Lue, but. Do you see Coach K ever wanted to make that leap to the league? No. I think he would have done it already if he actually wanted it. There's, I mean, there's no sweeter job in bas- the basketball world right now than being the head coach at Duke. How about money-wise, though? He could probably make a little th- more money with the Lakers. I think Coach K has plenty. <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, let's take it to the NBA. The East is wide open this year. So who we got? The Bucks. a few injuries. I, I don't know about them. We got the Celtics, the Sixers, Toronto. If you had to bet some money, who would you take out of the East this season? I think from, from the first game, I think I said I'd take the Bucks, And I don't want to waver from that. It's only the Malcolm Brogdon injury that's worrying that, me. I think that's really – I think he's really undervalued. And I think that's huge. That's a huge loss yes. for them. It is a big loss. It's going to depend on when he comes back and how he comes back. Uh, but if if we say that he comes back fine and uh, the rest of the Bucks are all clean, I mean, I still think Milwaukee is the best. I thought Milwaukee was the best team overall in the regular season. Um, not saying that I would take them over the Warriors in the postseason, but I think Milwaukee had the most impressive regular season stretch. I mean, Giannis is like the most unique player we've possibly ever seen. I don't really understand how a dude with the most broken jumper I've ever seen is in the MVP discussion. <laughs> Well, it's not as broken as it's not as broken as Ben's, but it's up there. Uh, honestly, it's not that far off. He just shoots more often. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, what what Mike Budenholzer did there was was really wild. Um, uh, you know, a similar team and just actually doing what modern basketball asks and making Giannis this superstar to get into the into the paint and either dunk or kick out for threes and I mean the Brook Lopez signing was genius the Miritich trade was genius um they're definitely my pick to still come out on top in the east as long as Brogdon comes back healthy yeah isn't isn't there something going on with Miritich too isn't he out for a little bit yeah yeah that's what I'm worried about I hope these bucks don't get don't crumble in March March is the worst time in the NBA and needs to they need to just get rid of March in the NBA you think they should shorten the season? I mean, they probably should. It's, you know, we're, we've already decided the playoffs, and it was probably the end of February when we decided the playoffs on both the Eastern and the Western Conference already. But uh, either that or give us a break, man. The writers, we're doing too much. We got, we got March Madness on men's and women's side, WNBA draft coming up. We don't need March NBA play. It's not you fun. Got po- everyone you, got pod- you got podcasts to do. You're, you're, you're a busy guy, man. <laughs> Let's 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 just cut March in the NBA, man. So how do you what do you what do you make out of everything that's going on with the Lakers, man? Do you, do you feel like they should shut LeBron James down? I don't feel they should, but it looks like they're trending towards that. Um, and what do you think they have to do as an organization to to fix this all? 
Yeah, I mean, they, in my opinion, they should shut LeBron down. Uh, it sucks for fans, but at least then you don't have to play this game of is LeBron playing or not? You know he's not. Um, and there's no point. I mean, it's over. LeBron's 34 and has so much mileage on him that I'd want to rest him as much as possible for next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Lakers just have to get out of their own way and stop making terrible signings. Uh, I don't know who is in charge of picking. Zubac, Zubac was the worst. That was. I mean, the Zubac kid was just desperation, and I, it just. I mean, it was the offseason signings. This Lakers season was over before it really began. I mean, I think we all thought they'd still make the playoffs, but nobody thought that a team with Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo in 2019 was really going places. I mean, they made no signings that complemented LeBron's play. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland made a ton of mistakes, but at least it showed the blueprint of what actually can what LeBron can do and what kind of teammates he needs to actually make a push for the finals. And the Lakers just kind of ignored all of that and, yeah. and just signed this meme team that was a, I mean, it was a colossal disaster. Yeah. To, to your point, man, LeBron would have been perfect for the bucks. Even if he was like swapped with Giannis, all those shooters around him, get up and down. That would have been Yeah, perfect. I mean, it's, it's really not that hard to make a good team around LeBron James. <laughs> you really right. just need, really just need guys who can play defense and shoot threes but the lakers picked guys who couldn't shoot threes or play defense so i don't really know what their strat was and there's a million guys in the nba who could guard multiple positions and shoot the three i mean that's who's in the nba these days they almost got every guy that did it yeah i mean they they finally maybe saw it when they traded for reggie bullock which thank god he was the best move that probably made all year but it came too late they they need more guys like that yeah, he fits the NBA perfectly, that guy. I was thinking that when I was uh, watching him play. But uh, let's shift back to the East. You know, I didn't think it was possible, but it just seems that all the – like when the Celtics play, everything seems to be better when Kyrie is not playing. I can't possibly believe they have a better chance to win a championship without Kyrie. That doesn't seem possible. But what do you make – like why Why do you feel like it doesn't fit? Is it like Brad Stevens and Kyrie don't fit? Like is it just the team dynamic of all those young players trying to be stars themselves? The Celtics melt my brain. I'm not, I don't get them. I, I don't think anybody really gets them. They're like, you pick out certain players on the court at the same time and they're better situationally. And I, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't think anyone has the real solution for why so much talent in Boston isn't working. We like, we praised Brad Stevens as this hero genius coach one year. And now we're like getting ready to like throw him in the trash the next year, which is just bizarre in its own right. I mean, the thing that probably is hurting them is that guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, the young guys, uh, were so good at the end of last year that we kind of expected them to keep on this trajectory of just getting better and better as time goes on. But, I mean, historically, that just isn't true. Don't develop, you know, in a straight line. There's regression in between. And, unfortunately, I think that line of regression has hit both of them at the same time. Um, and Terry Rozier hasn't had a good year either. Uh, and he's on that same scale of being, what is he, 23, 24. Uh, so that's hurt them too. Uh, Gordon Hayward, obviously not being himself, uh, hurts things. Al Horford is aging. I don't really know. I'm, I'm mad watching so much talent not work. I don't really have the exact solution of what they need to do. I don't think keeping Kyrie off the court is the answer if that's what you're asking, but uh, I don't, I don't have the answer either. (laughs) Yeah. You know, to your point, man, you know, you just said Brad Stevens, everybody was like praising him last year. It's funny. There's so many coaches like that. Cause like when the Clippers were struggling, you know, it was Doc's fault. Now he's the greatest coach ever that the Clippers are playing well. 
you know, and they mixed it up with even less talent. Um, the same thing happened with Luke Walton when, when he went on that run with the Warriors. Like, this guy's going to be a great – I never ever want to be an NBA coach. I'm not gonna lie; it just it sounds horrible. It's your your whole job is great one second and it's terrible the next, and you probably live in fear of losing your job every single day unless you're Steve Kerr, or Greg Popovich. Right, exactly. I, yeah, like Luke was with the Warriors, and now he was great, and now he's with the Lakers, and he's not great. And man, it's all crazy. But um, let's end with this, man. Who do you? I'm not even gonna ask you your final four. I, I won't do that. But who do you feel like will win it all this year? It's so hard to predict, but I mean, I picked Duke. I'm going to stick with Duke, even though they played like crap the other day. I just, I, I don't know. I just, I, I have a really hard time seeing Zion lose, like losing. I think those last few seconds just showed that like when, that no matter how bad Duke plays, they're always going to be in it. And who the hell is going to stop Zion? Apparently not seven foot six taco fall. So uh, I want to pick Duke. I am going to hope that R.J. Barrett still plays a complimentary role and doesn't, you know, try to take too many horrible shots. <laughs> and hopefully Cam Reddish also plays a role like he did in the UCF game too. And, I, I mean, they have the most talent. They have the best player possibly ever in college basketball and one of the best coaches. I'm going to still stick with Duke. So, you know, you seem to be real high on Zion. Are you, are you pretty sure that he'll be the best player out of this year's draft or John Moran's kind of growing on you for that? No, I mean I think Jao will be will be good, but I don't I don't think there's any reason to think Zion won't be the best player in this draft. I still I'm pretty much ready to call him the best college basketball player ever at this point. And Kareem Abdul Jabbar better than Kareem? I don't know. Zion's numbers are just unreal. I mean, you know, he's P- just his entire you know, being is unreal. You know, Pete Maravich averaged 44. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not all points though. It's it's efficiency. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. And, I mean, Zion's ability just to get into the paint and finish is—have we ever seen that from like? I don't even know what to call him. Is he a guard? Is he a forward? He's enormous. <laughs> I don't know. Zion is Zion is Zion's probably my favorite prospect in God knows how long. Yeah, the way he moves at that size. When you first see it, I guess we're like somewhat used to it now. But when we when you first look at it, it just doesn't look real the way he moves at that size. Nothing makes sense. Nothing about him makes sense. And he's starting to shoot well too, which is getting me just super excited. <laughs> well, Matt, thanks for being here. Where can we find you? Uh, you find my work at SP Nation. Uh, check us out there. Follow me on Twitter if you dare. Uh, at <laughs> M Ellentuck. Thanks for being here, man. You're always welcome back. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. There it is. There it is. There it is, episode 52. Thanks to Matt for joining in. Go follow his work at SBNation.com. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to Combo's Court right on your Apple Podcast app. Check us out at 12combo.com. Be on the lookout for episode 53. Combo out.